Welcome back to another episode of the 3ND Pod. As always, I am your host, Justin Lewis. You can find the podcast on Twitter at 3ND Pod, and you can find me at J underscore Timberfake. Of course, we are a part of the Grizzly Bear Blues uh, family of podcasts, and you can find Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies and Grizzly Bear Blues dot I'm very excited about this week's episode. We have a uh, very special guest uh, joining us, and I'm going to read his bio. Um, he works for The Ringer. He's a staff writer, and this is what he says. His charts covers basketball and is a host on The Ringer NBA show. He loves Jesus and Dallas in that order, Texas forever. Our hostess, or our co-host this week is Jonathan Charts. I appreciate you coming on. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Um, I like Jay Timberfake. That's pretty clever. Well, I don't claim this myself, but there have been a number of people that say um, certain looks that I have look like him. I actually got... Oh, wow. Yeah. That's quite I a got, humble brag right there. A, a little bit. Um, I was in a suite, the FedEx Forum for a Grizzlies game one time, and you know Timberfake or Timberlake is from Memphis, and so I was approached by a, uh, I guess, a middle school age young lady and asked for my autograph because I guess that <laughs> night I looked like him. I guess roll with it. Why not, right? I mean, I practiced his autograph a couple times. <laughs> Isn't he an owner of the Grizzlies, right? He's part of that? Yes, he's part of the ownership group, group and I think Peyton Manning's wife is too. That's right. That sounds right, yeah. Well, uh, I reached out to uh, Jonathan because we have some things in common. One of them is that he said he loves Jesus and he puts him first. And that's obviously a big part of my life as well. But he has an article that came out, um, let's see, it came out on May 5th. And it's titled, What It's Like to Have a Baby During a Pandemic. And if you don't know uh, or you haven't heard, me and my wife are expecting our first child in the middle of this pandemic. Um, we were hoping that it would be on the way down in August, but it looks like it's not going to be the case. So, Jonathan, tell me what it's been like uh, being a, a parent during all of this uh, pandemic stuff. Yeah, it's hard to know because this is our first child. So that's already a big enough life change, having a kid than having the pandemic on top of it. It's all kind of mixed together, right? So I'm not really sure how much different it would be if it had been a normal situation. All I know is like my sense of time is just totally shot. I feel like it's been three years since the pandemic started. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, it's kind of the same deal here. Like, you know, it's, we don't even know what day of the week it is sometimes. And I can imagine what it's going to be like when the new child comes around and, and really trying to adjust at that point. Yeah, sleep and shifts, that's what I would say. That's the that's the only way to do it. Yeah, we've heard, we've heard sleep when the baby sleeps and take turns. Yeah, we set it we split it up to like I got early in the morning and my wife got late at night. So we both got some sleep. Otherwise, there's just no way. If you're both getting up, you're you're screwed. <laughs> Uh, so let's move on to, um, I guess, what else the pandemic has affected, and that's obviously sports in general and uh, beyond all of our lives. But the NBA uh, is planning this return, and uh, obviously we're, we cover the Memphis Grizzlies. So tell me what the national perspective has been 
on Memphis this year? Have you paid more attention to the Grizzlies this year than maybe you would have last year or the last couple of years? Like, what is what is like the the overall take on where this franchise is now headed with what we've done the last two drafts and how they perform this season? Well, I mean, I think they're like the fun young team. You know, they're kind of the rising. I would say probably the national perspective is they're a year ahead of schedule. I think most folks figure, you know, rookie point guard running the offense. He needed a year to get comfortable and then kind of if there was going to be leap, it'd be next season. And it just seems like they've kind of skipped the line a bit. Um, they're really fun to watch. Uh, I love watching young guys. So I watched Memphis a lot the last two years and I would have watched them regardless. I just, I really love Jaron Jackson and John Morant. Just watched them personally. So to me, I probably watched them the same, which is a lot, but yeah, they're kind of like the hot new story. Well, besides the Pelicans, obviously. So let's talk about the Pelicans. Is there any scenario that you see that Zion Williamson swoops in and steals the rookie of the year from Ja? Uh, I mean, maybe if he swoops in and steals that playoff spot, right? That might make it kind of – it's just hard because it's going to be so few games, right? Because if there had been a season, he would have had probably, what, an extra 20, 25 games that he was going to have now. So Zion's probably played, what, like 20 games so far this year, if that even. So I think with that number of games, it'll be tough. But if Zion averages like 30, 35 points a game and they can get that number eight seed, I think it's definitely possible. Do you, do you think Zion can average 30 to 35 points a game right now? I mean, what was he at before the lockdown? He's probably in better shape. Like, I expect Zion to really be, look better because he was definitely not in great shape when he came back from his knee injury or whatever. He was definitely carrying extra pounds. Like he's probably at, he was probably like the three twenties when he came back and he's at Duke, he's probably at 285, 290. So I think if he can cut a little bit of that weight, he's going to be pretty much unstoppable. And he already was anyways. Right. He, he's gotten that rest. Um, it depends on what he's done when, in that free time. If he's, if he's done what Jaws been doing and, and staying in shape and, and playing ball or if he's sat around and and done nothing, which I know some professional athletes have done because my cousin is a professional baseball player and one of his teammates um, told him that he didn't do anything during this uh, pandemic. Well, they are baseball players, I guess. I don't know. Is he he an MLB guy, your cousin? Yes, Cody Reed for the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, we we think so in our family anyways. So – what what is your take on um, I don't know if you've seen Adam Silver's comments today uh, with a press conference or a conference call with reporters saying that there is no risk free option with the return to play that we're going to have to learn to live with the coronavirus. It's not a bubble in Orlando because Disney employees are going to be able to come and go, so they've termed it a campus instead. Um, and now we've got 16 positive tests out of 302 players. What is your overall take on all that? Is, is it wise for us to continue playing for the health of the league going forward? Or do you see it being shut down at some point? I mean, it's hard to say, right? I didn't see the, the – uh, I've been out all day today, so I, haven't, I didn't see what Silver said till just now. Um, my only real thought is I think people kind of expect, oh, if we shut it down – you know, then by next December, things will be back to normal. But that's not necessarily the case, right? There's no guarantee a vaccine happens. That's something people understand. Like, very possible. I think what he's trying to say is it's possible for us part of our lives now, right? 
like, do you want to wait four years to the NBA to come back? I, at some point, I got to try it. And at least now, I compared us trying the NBA season in 30 markets with 30 teams and traveling all over the country. I feel like compared to that, doing it in a bubble in one location is probably much safer. Will it work? I don't know. I do feel like it has to be tried, though, because the other options are any better, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know of, of any other options that um, are even available to them. This keeping everybody there in one spot and limiting um, exposure is, is definitely the, uh, the only thing that they can do uh, if they want the league to return. So on Twitter, there's been a, um, I guess, a budding rivalry between the New Orleans Pelicans fan base and the Memphis Grizzlies fan base because the Memphis fans are, are upset that um, they are expanding the field and uh, they think that the, the league wants to push Zion into the playoffs. And then, of course, the Pelicans fans are going to get um, riled up by that. Do you think that they're – the league would prefer to see Zion in the first round versus LeBron than the Memphis Grizzlies? I mean, for sure, obviously, right? Like, Zion's such a big star already. Of course, they prefer. But I don't even – I don't really think it really helps the Pelicans what happens. We were talking about this before the podcast started. They really kind of got screwed by having the schedule change because they had the easiest schedule left in the league before this all went down. And the Grizzlies had the hardest. So I think – the Pelicans are at a disadvantage compared to where they were before because of the way the league changed. Yeah, and out of these teams, you've got Portland Trailblazers who were in the Western Conference Finals last year. They're going to get Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic back. Now, losing Trevor Ariza is a little bit of a blow for them, um, but they've been there and they've done it. And then there's the San Antonio Spurs. They've lost to Marcus Aldridge, but they've got Popovich and, and guys that have been there and done it. And then you've got four young teams in the Grizzlies, the Kings, um, the Suns, and the Pelicans that are all fighting for that spot in the eighth seed. Do you, who do you think the biggest threat would be to Memphis um, if Memphis can't hang on to that four-game lead and they have to go into a play-in? Do you think it's somebody like New Orleans who is obviously talented, or is it going to be somebody like Damian Lillard and the Blazers who've, who have the experience and um, – They've been there. It's hard to say, right? It's hard to predict what's going to happen in such a unique environment. I actually just wrote a piece yesterday about, um, so the Blazers losing Ariza and the Spurs losing Aldridge. And I really think Ariza is a tough loss for Portland because you look at their roster, besides him, they literally have no wings in their roster. So Rodney Hood towards Achilles. They don't have Mo Harkless anymore, Al Farouk Aminu. With Ariza out, they're either starting Carmelo with a three or his Zonia, or they're bringing like Nas Little back in the rotation, or Gary Trent Jr. They really have no options. So even though they're getting Collins and Narkits back, they're so thin at the wing spots, I think they're going to be in trouble. Um, other than that, you know, the Spurs are always dangerous. They're trying to get their whole team with Aldridge out. But I could see them being better with Pirtle because Aldridge is really a bad defender at this point in his career, and Pirtle is much better defensively. And that could kind of help them out. Especially with the Rosen being their best player, having a more traditional shot blocker behind them helps. But it, it does seem like the Pelicans are the team to be, to be most concerned about just because of the sheer talent level they have. Zion getting better, Ingram, Drew Holiday, Alonzo Ball. The team is stacked with players. There's no question about that. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Talent-wise, that the the Pelicans are the team to watch out for. I know the Kings were kind of maybe the hottest team coming into the end of play um, out of all the the teams that were left in there. And then something about Damian Lillard just scares me because um, you know the Grizzlies go in there, they drop one to Portland, and then they drop one of two to New Orleans. That's a big swing in the standings, and there's there's no telling what could happen. Um, but if you were forced to make a prediction right now, do you think Memphis is able to hang on and advance into the regular playoffs? I would think so. I'd let's see a schedule first, though. It's, it's kind of hard to say. So we're recording this, what, a couple hours before the schedule comes out. That would be pretty nice to see exactly what they're looking at. But four games and eight, eight, and eight games and four-game lead, you should be able to hold on to that, you would think. You absolutely agree with that because you would – Basically, if you just win four games, the the chance of other teams going eight and zero or or anything crazy that's not like going to happen. Yeah, right. just not with the schedule way it is. There's no way. Right, and so I saw somebody early on when all this happened said it would be really funny if the um, Dallas Mavericks went zero and eight and the Grizzlies went eight and zero and jumped up to the seven spot and just kind of be like a uh, stick it to the man type situation where they were trying to get Memphis out and New Orleans in. But obviously, I don't see anybody going eight and zero. Um, in this scenario, I could see the Wizards going zero and eight, um, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know about eight and zero for for anybody. Um, well, Jonathan, I don't have many more questions. Um, is there anything you'd like to kind of just kind of say about what how you feel about the Grizzlies or the return of the NBA? Just kind of a, a last thought for the for the episode. Oh, I mean, I hope it works out. Like, I'm. I think. They probably have to come back, but it definitely could backfire. I mean, there's no way to know. I think it's all uncharted territory. Let's all have grace for each other. And I think realistically they have to try it. So let's hope for the best. Agree completely. Um, I think financially all the leagues, um, the major sports leagues, have to try. And I think Silver nailed it when he said that um, we have to learn to live with it, that it's not, it's not going away. There is no – completely risk-free scenario um, and the fact is that people's livelihoods are on the line um, the the stadium workers and uh, the front office people and uh, people rely on the, the income of the NBA um, and you can say what you want about you know millionaires and you know they should have plenty of money and they shouldn't be worried about it but these guys have adjusted their lifestyle to that income and and the fact is they need it to continue living that way Right, wrong, or yeah, indifferent. And also, like, their careers only last, like, five, six years. The average career is five years long, right? That's 20% of your lifetime earnings, possibly, just gone. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, so, I think this is a good good chance. I, I, like, I've, I've said it before on the podcast, and I, I'm, a, I'm sure you will agree that – we're lucky that it's Adam Silver that is leading the NBA's um, comeback and not somebody like Rob Manfred or Roger Goodell. It does seem like he's got a better – at the very least, Silver knows how to sell things to the press, right? The other two guys have terrible images, terrible PR. If you're going to be a commissioner, you've got to have a good image. You've got to be able to sell yourself. And Silver does a better job of that. Has anyone ever told you you have a voice kind of like uh, Tim McMahon? The um, ESPN guy in Dallas? No, I've never heard that. I, it just really struck me as sounding like the kind of you have like a, a down south twang to your 
I don't I don't know if that's a good thing, but I, I hope it is. Oh, it's great. Well, I, I greatly appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know with a, with a newborn in the house, uh, I'm sure things are really uh, crazy busy for you. So, uh, again, thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. Well, for Jonathan, this has been a, another episode of the 3 D podcast. Uh, be on the lookout for the article that will be a scheduled breakdown for uh, the Memphis Grizzlies coming out uh, probably the same day as this podcast. We'll look at all the upcoming games from Memphis and the return to play, and we'll look at the the teams that are chasing us and, and how the schedule kind of plays out and, and some predictions for that. You can find that over at grizzlybearblues.com. You guys have a great week. We all need the right tools for success. A painter needs their perfect brushes, and a climber needs to be able to rely on their harness. And for your work, you need to stay connected. With Slack, teams can help you work better. Slack is a productivity platform that connects all your team members together instantly. It's built to help your team with a host of features like huddles for quick check-ins and clips for recording and sharing video. Slack also makes it easy to search and find the right information you need. You can even integrate the apps you use in your normal workflow, like your calendar or product management tools, so you stay focused on the work that matters and get more done. Learn more at slack.com slash productivity.